Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of the Weekly Freestyle with myself, Tom Dean, and my co-host, Alex Sutton. And this is our first of three instalments of our British Championship 2023 special. And this is the pre-champs episode. We've got a really, really great guest coming on slightly later on in the show. You know, someone who knows more about the world of swimming and British swimming probably than uh, than anyone else, I'd say. And um, someone who I've avidly followed for a long period of time, always on it with the results and the analysis uh, and a real, real great person to tap into uh, uh, their kind of bank of knowledge heading into the champs, which is going to be really exciting. So we've got a lot to get through um, today. Uh, it's going to be a really great episode. And like I said, the first of three, but I think we're just going to start with a little bit of a catch up first. So Sutz, how have you been? How's the last week been? And you're looking forward to Sheffield. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah, we're recording a little bit earlier than we would be usually. Um, I'm actually mm. jetting off to Copenhagen this weekend. Oh, lovely. Um, which will be wonderful, but obviously it clashes with the key, mm. you know, usual recording slot, which I, mm. you know, I did, I did make a case for against booking the holiday on the weekend. But, <laughs> you know, when, How'd that go when, down? Uh, not too well. Yeah, fair um, enough. <laughs> but when push comes to shove, you know, we can move, we can move things about. Um, but yeah, all good. I'm yeah, really excited for Sheffield. Um, we're just over a week out. I feel as though things are starting to build up. Um, and I guess, you know, you must be building up to yourself um, and within that, that Bath National Centre as well. Mm, yeah, taper's going well, mate. So we're in the last week, uh, full week of taper at the moment. So obviously it starts next Tuesday. It's Friday uh, afternoon right now. So this time next week, I will have done the 100 free. <clears throat> I'll have the 200 IM tomorrow and the 200 freestyle, the big one on the Sunday. So feeling good, mate. Did a race pace session this morning. It's all locking in and clicking very, very nicely. So it's good, mate. I'm enjoying it. And taper, palette it's just the best time of the year. That is the best time of the year. Like, I wake up, I kind of, I've got an easy session in the morning, maybe a bit of, like yesterday, mate, I had a lie-in, did nothing all day, had a massage in the afternoon, and then I went and did a little 2K loosen, felt good, done. Oh, mate, it was dream. the dream, the dream, and I don't feel absolutely brown bread at the end of the week, so it's nice. It's good, mate, I'm really, really enjoying it, um, but I'm really enjoying getting into this episode as well. Yeah, I think we're going to get into some proper, proper uh, deep analysis, um, but like we always say to everyone who's listening, keep sending the questions in, keep sending the suggestions in and the ideas, get in touch with uh, us about things you want us to talk about. It all really, really helps. And of course, make sure you follow the Instagram for all of our updates uh, and some exciting reels and the competition giveaways, of course, which I think we're going to do in this episode. Yeah, so the, the competition deadline shut Wednesday, 6am, the famous mm. slot, you know, the, mm. the doors slammed closed no more entries you had a few late entries but you know we're cutthroat here at the weekly freestyle so they weren't counted um but yeah we've, we've done a randomized selection um and we've we've got a winner um we have so... indeed so just just a quick reminder of people this is a giveaway of the signed commonwealth games swimming cap and i'm just checking we got uh 57 comments coming in mm. so 57 people applying to be part of this giveaway and to win really great suggestions it's really really great to hear what you guys are um uh are uh, excited to hear from the pod and we have done a randomized selection uh and we're going to be able to announce it right now would you like to do the honors i'd Alex? absolutely love to yeah we the winner of the competition is luke booth underscore um luke so, booth underscore what a guy uh congratulations to him uh he he got in with 
the comments he liked the post i'm pretty sure he follows us so he's ticked all the boxes um so luke we will be in touch with you hopefully before this pod gets dropped but we'll be in touch with you to um you know send that your way and who mm-hmm. knows where do you think luke's gonna put your your hat your cap be on his head who knows <laughs> Who you knows? Imagine if I go out turn up to Charles and he's swimming or something and he's just like got my sign cap on. That'd be quite cool. Luke, mate, thank you so much for getting in touch. Thanks so much for commenting. Uh, and Alex said that you've um, quite had quite a few interactions with the podcast uh, and the content we put out. So that's greatly appreciated. We'll get that cap sent over to you ASAP. So, but thank you very much to everyone who entered and everyone who got in touch. Um, and we'll be doing a very uh, good giveaway again in due course. But if there's a specific thing that you would like us to give away, do get Those in touch. Speedos? Well, potentially. They could go for a lot of money, though. Some people pay a lot, a lot of good money. <laughs> You've already been selling those off. <laughs> for, um, for things like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, no, yeah. thanks to Luke and every, everyone that, who joined. And as well, just um, following on from what Tom said as well, if you're enjoying the stuff, you know, make sure you're following us on your favorite podcast provider and mm. drop a comment if you fancy it. Um, because they, they really help us as we look to climb the charts in, in Ukraine sport. That's um, what it's all about. So That's it what helps. it's all about. Absolutely. Um, now, before we get into our analysis and before we get into our British Champs special episode, we can't avoid talking about probably the biggest news that's been announced in uh, British swimming, maybe even in Olympic sports, Team GB Olympic sports, because mm. Team GB did a post about it on Twitter. But this is the announcement, if anyone doesn't know, that Adam Peaty has pulled out of the British Championships this year. He's withdrawn and therefore has withdrawn from the World Championships 2023, um, citing his mental health uh, as the reason behind this and wanting to take some time away from the pool as he prepares for Paris 2024. Now, for people who don't know, this is his second year in a row that he's withdrawn from the World Championships, meaning he won't have raced an international level competition since the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Um, A big announcement. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was quite shocking news because I think everyone was, you know, getting ready to to see him uh, at the weekend. And I think PT, he's such a big name, not only in the swimming world, but the Team GB world and then also in the Olympic sphere. Um, so it's so it's always, yeah, a big news to drop. Um, I think it's it's really brave of him to do as well. And also to, you know, cite those mental health issues because it, c- it can affect us all. And um, yeah, obviously, I think, everyone wishes him the best and and ultimately it's so important for him and his mental health to get that in the right space so hopefully looking ahead towards you know Paris he can get himself back in shape or back enjoying the sport to I guess hopefully deliver if, if that's it what if that's even what he wants to do yeah yeah no you're right and you've got to remember like you know it's, it's all the, the thing is with the sport that we do it's you're always judged on your most recent swim, you know, ultimately, and it's cutthroat in that in that manner. So, you know, PT, he was number one in the world for seven consecutive years. You know, no one could touch him. And he moved the sport of swimming and the sport of breaststroke on massively, you know, defending an Olympic title, world records that people didn't even think were possible. He's gone and, you know, broken new grounds and broken barriers that people couldn't think possible. But obviously last year wasn't a brilliant year for him, you know, and he'll be the first person that he, he didn't medal in the 100 breaststroke at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, he didn't swim the World Championships and that would have been a real setback for him. Um, you know, and I think that kind of planted the seed a little bit. Um, 
I imagine that's affected his and influenced his decision this year. What you've got to remember is it's such a demanding sport and it takes so much out of you being at the top for that long. You know, he's got a little one. He was away for Australia for a long period of time in a training camp. You won't have seen his kid for a long time. You've got to remember how much that will have taken out of, out of him. Uh, I think if it's, all about prioritizing Paris, and this is definitely the right decision to take. And I think maybe for him, my hypothesis, look, I've not spoken to him about this. You know, I've not questioned him or, or, or chatted to him. I've just seen what's been put out on, on social media. But maybe he's slightly old now. He's 28 now. And, you know, when he first started bursting onto the scene in 2021, it would be easy to stay at a high level you know, all year round, because you have that, you know, you're, you're a bit younger, you're a bit of a kind of a spring chicken, you have that ability to, to really stay at peak, peak level all year round. Maybe he's reached the point physically where he needs more of that kind of rest time. Uh, and it's more of a, a, a tapered um, approach where you can, you, you have shorter periods of time where you're really, really at the top of your game. And maybe it's, it's just kind of wrapping his head around the physiological changes um, that are happening. Look, I chat to Jimmy and Jimmy's exactly the same. He knows now he's 27 the way he trains is different. The way he um, approaches training physically and mentally is different. If he needs time away, he puts his hands up. He withdraws himself from the group when he needs to, you know, and he's aware that that's how he needs to alter training because he's in his late 20s. He's more of a senior athlete. And I think yeah. everyone reaches that point in their career where they need to make that decision. So, look, and even from a selfish standpoint for myself, look, we're looking at Paris Olympics and Petey's a key, key player, especially with Italy being as strong as they are right now. So, if it's going to help us win Olympic medals, then I definitely think it's the right decision. Yeah, and um, I'm sure we can discuss the, the implications that it might potentially have um, in terms of you know those relay spots and also um, mm. breaststroke in the in the male British swimming game. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Just to, just to round up on this, I think yeah, Adam Peaty's got nothing to prove, does he? So no. ultimately, whatever he wants to do is his decision. Um, but looking on from that i mean that if this is going to become a regular thing where pt maybe isn't always there or competing you know british swimming news needs new stars it needs to maybe move on from that that adam pt era so yeah. let, let's see let's see where the sport goes yeah it's been exciting time to be a young up-and-coming underbreaster in the sport uh in, in great britain because um you know what we always need that support we need that depth and there will come a day where he walks away from the sport you know and i've got a feeling that's not a million miles away now Good stuff. Let's um, let's move this conversation on. Let's go up north towards Sheffield and um, let's get Steve from Pool Boy on. Let's do it. Okay, guys, we're very, very happy to be joined by Steve from Pool Boy right now. So, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Um, a little bit of background just quickly about Pool Boy. And correct me if I get any of these facts wrong, please, Steve. But it was established in 2000. I That's believe, right. which is um, so actually the same year I was born. So we've been going for uh, <laughs> we've been going for uh, the same amount of time myself and and pool boy. Um, but Steve, you're you're a keen swimmer yourself, I believe. Uh, I I was a swimmer. I'm not not so much nowadays, but uh, I was a fairly average age grouper and a slightly better than average master swimmer. So <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. And and like I said in the intro, pool boy is well. For, I mean, for me personally, Steve, I've been I've been following pool boy since I was kind of introduced into the world of British swimming and senior swimming, and it's the best insight I find straight away for like breaking swimming news results and insight for national for domestic and for international results, really, especially Twitter. You know, I think I always find it a little bit tricky. It's sort of, I don't know whether it's the nature of the sport, but getting results and getting times and stuff from competition, especially abroad, it, they make it really challenging. There's no easy access. So I find 
I just got on Twitter and I see, you know, what 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 you're what you're talking about, and then you know that's my straight straight um, insight into the world. So, so thank you for that, and I know everyone else, uh, especially that I swim with, and all the coaches are um, are big fans as well. So thank you for that, and thank you very much for being uh, on the pod with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. I mean, I always just think, well, what you know, as a massive tragic swimming fan, what would I be interested in? Mm-hmm. If I've no, I'm interested because I've gone and found it. I thought, well, I'm gonna share it with other people, and it's just yeah. it's gone from there. But um, yeah, thank you. Appreciate so, appreciate the support. Yeah, and um, Steve, touching on um, some of your stats and, and the things you produce, we we will come on to that. Um, but I don't think there's really any other place to start than the sad news that um, Adam Peaty is taking a little bit of uh, a break from the sport and won't be at Sheffield um, this weekend, and I guess uh, ultimately at Worlds near the end of the year. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, it's uh, it's a massive blow. For, for British swimming, obviously, um, in terms of what he brings to the team, not only his own um, his own results, but what he contributes to relays and, and you know, and what you hear people talking about him, his kind of uh, leadership and his example that he sets around the squad. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a massive blow for him to be missing. I mean, but the, the flip side to that is, you know, he can't be swimming for us as fans or for his teammates. He's got to be there, um, you know, in the right frame of mind for him. Um, his mental well-being is obviously should be his number one priority, and it's you know it's good that he's felt able to, you know, to make that call and not feel like he's got to keep doing it because everyone else expects him to, especially when he's been at the top of, you know, the top of his event for, what coming up on, what eight years, nine years, something mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, fair play to him for for making that decision. Um, we'll miss him clearly, you know, because we love seeing him swim, but uh, it's the right decision for him, I think. Tom, do you think it will have a slightly different feel to it with him him not being about the, over the week? I think so. I think so. The thing is, trials always kicks off with that. You know, Petey's always one of the first events, isn't he? You know, he goes in, he just does what he does on 100 breaststroke. You know, and I'm always coming in on like day three and he's heading off because he's done for the week. So, and it always, yeah, it does kind of set the precedence a little bit, you know, so it will be slightly different with him not here this year. So, um, yeah, look, maybe it will change the, the feel of the meat a little bit. Um, but like I said earlier on, you know, if you're you're a hundred breaststroke, fifty hundred breaststroke lads um, in British swimming right now, you know, you're looking okay. This gives me a good chance to kind of step up and be a relay swimmer, be a reserve relay swimmer, and really kind of pitch yourself. It's almost like because he was always so far ahead, it's almost like level the field slightly more for the rest of the lads. So it'll be interesting. But you know, Steve's right. It's, you know, the relays um, are what's really going to suffer, I think, because he's such an integral part. Um, of those of those relays and medley relay especially so look we're just gonna have to wait and see but I think British swimming are taking that on board and I imagine they've had a lot of conversations where it's like look you know world champs it's important but it's all about Paris you know it's all about next summer um, and that's when everything needs to come together um, and you know the stars need to align for our relay swim so I think it's definitely the right decision like Steve said yeah and uh, Tom you mentioned British swimming there they've been making the headlines and as I say Steve you touched on this um, firstly through um, their selection policies, and I think I mentioned it in, in another podcast, that there are different sports doing the same thing where it seems as though they're taking less athletes to the championship as, as I see it. And also their qualifying times seem to be um, uh, quite a reach. Um, so I guess, why do you think, you know, British swimming are, are doing this? Well, I think, uh, I mean, historically, um, there was a bit of a, a culture, maybe a strong word, but there, were a, there was a feeling that, um, you know, for many people just making the team, was yeah. was their their end you know the you know getting the olympic kit getting to go to to the olympics or whatever that was you know that was their achievement and from then on 
they didn't, not that they didn't care, but they cared less about what happened. Um, and that was, there was certainly a big thing about that at the Sydney Olympics. Um, and Bill Sweetnam came in, he wanted to change that and he was pretty tough. Um, and I think, you know, we had a period up to London where, where the teams were bigger, there was more funding, obviously you want to have a big team at home games. And so, you know, selection was a bit, a bit more moderate, but um, certainly the current um, regime, you know, Chris Spice, Bill Furness have gone back to that tough love, I suppose, is a, a way of putting it, where they want the standards to be high. You know, they want people to be thinking that their, um, you know, their aim is to win a medal at the championships or to make a final at the championships or, or whatever, not just to to get on the team or or to do a, achieve a result that secures their funding or, or whatever it might be. So it's all about raising the standards. And we've seen over the last you know, five years, I mean, well, longer than now, actually eight years since they since they started setting them, the times have just cranked up gradually and gradually and gradually. We had a funny one for Tokyo because of the pandemic and it was a bit a bit different, but you know, they've just been ratcheting it up a little bit every year and every year. And and this year in particular, the times do seem very, very fast. Um, and, you know, I, I do wonder, I mean, I do get the whole concept of, of lifting the standard, make people aim higher, um, you know, to be competitive when they get to the main meet. But I do wonder the impact on, on people's mindset. And Tom probably has a view on this, and I'd love to hear it, where mm. you come to a championship and you can see that the, the qualifying time is faster than the British record, say. So, you yeah. know, in, in, in a load of events, they've got to set a British record to, to even qualify. In Tom's case, he probably has a target time in mind, which is probably there or, or slightly faster than the time he'd have to swim anyway. It probably doesn't make that much difference. Mm. I don't know. But it's got to have an impact on how people are approaching these championships. Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right there, Stephen. You hit the nail on the head, firstly, about the culture. You know, like you said, London 2012, I mean, that analysis you did was brilliant where it showed the numbers of, of swimmers selected for the teams over the years and how it's kind of progressed. But yeah, it was very much a culture thing where it was like, okay, just making the team. You know, you look at London and it's like, okay, what do we get? Silver with Michael and a bronze with Becky. And it two was bronzes, like, yeah. two bronzes, sorry, two bronzes with Becky. And it's yeah. like, that was, it, it, you know, people were on that team that, we're never going to win medals, you know, and it was almost like getting onto the Olympic team was the big thing. Uh, and, and like I said, it's kind of job done, go out and enjoy yourself kind of thing. But now it's like, if you're on the team, you're on the team for a reason. You've very much got a part to play. So I think it is definitely a culture shift that they've made selecting a smaller team. I also think there's an argument for them making the times harder. So, so they've made the times really difficult. They're not going to fill the roster, obviously, based purely on the times, which means it it is down to the, essentially the discretion uh, of of Bill and Chris, um, you know, it comes and and they you know they talk about how they rank swimmers based on the percentage of of time away from the the qualifying times, and then they kind of go about selection. But it is much more down to the discretion of them. So maybe it's even playing to their hand where they have slightly more control over who they pick, you know, um, and they pick maybe slightly tactically for relays what they think strong. They look at the rest of the world and they see, um, you know, where the medal hopes are. So there's also an argument for that maybe being the case. But I do think it is tough four athletes heading into these championships with these times so so difficult and so challenging i mean like you said i think didn't you say none of the girls on in british swimming are, 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 as it stands um yeah yeah in 2022 there wasn't a single woman who made the the qualifying mm. times that have been set mm. for this year's championships so uh it's tough. tough it is tough it is tough and we're gonna we're gonna touch slightly later on about um the kind of um male and female state of british swimming at the moment but it, it is really tough you know me personally i don't look at the qualifying times before these major meets purely, I know they're going to be quick. You know, I know the two freeze can be 145 or something and then, and the, the 100 freeze me 47 points. Something. But look, 
that's not going to affect how I go into the actual meet and I need to go and race and I need to know what I need to do. I also, I, I tend to look at, you know, how that's going to affect the rest, like the other boys, maybe the four by two, like the top six lads in the four by two, you know, where the state of British swimming is um, in that. But I know that so few people are going to hit these times because some of them are British records, like you said, Steve, that ultimately it is down to the discretion of, of Bill and Chris, you know, where you sit within um, the relay opportunities, the rest of the world and things like that. So, yeah, I, you know, they, they're qualifying times, but they're almost not qualifying times because the majority of people who go to the World Champs won't have hit them. So it, it is interesting. And I do think there's there are multiple reasons why they've um, uh, kind of made them so much harder. The culture thing, have they achieved that culture and gone slightly too far? You know, it's, it's hard to say, but um, they've clearly got a plan uh, heading into World Champs and, and, uh, and the Olympics. Do you, do you guys not think there's maybe a potential middle ground there in terms of, you know, maybe at London 2012, the team that went out there, as you say, maybe it was stacked and everyone was just happy to be there. But isn't there a middle ground where maybe you'd bring a couple of people who don't have a chance at meddling, but that could progress their career? Or if someone had a bit more of a sniff of a qualifying time, it would push them a little bit more? Or is, is that kind of, kind of not an argument to be had? I mean, I think in, in my view, uh, that's in, in Bill and Chris's defence. I think they have done a bit of that you know, mm. with their discretionary picks, um, you know, particularly where they've been looking to develop, maybe maybe where we have weakness, weaknesses relatively in the team. I know, for example, uh, men's 100 backstroke, you know, we've had a number of people who've been given an opportunity because they're wanting to help with that medley relay and so on. Um, I think I think I get what they're doing and I appreciate um, what Tom says about the discretion and the, the percentages and everything. I think for me, the issue this year, and we could spend hours talking about it, but there are much more interesting things to talk about. So I'll be brief. But the thing this year, I think, I think the consideration time, which is the second qualification cutoff, is too fast. I think it should have been the the, uh, the yeah. World Aquatics A time, and then and then they've got the same flexibility, but you're not just carving out whole swathes of the yeah. of the swimming community from from consideration. Yeah, yeah, no, it is tough, and it can be quite. You know, even guys I was training with, you know, like the National Centre, these are the people who have been to the Olympics, people who are, you know, the best in the country now, looking at the time and like, Christ, I'm going to have to be the fastest Brit that's ever lived just to try and play this <laughs> book a spot on the World Champs. So, no, it's interesting. But, look, that's really, really great, and it, it's a great overview, but I think we're going to try and get into a bit more of the nitty-gritty when it comes to the Champs because this is the pre-Champs uh, special episode that we're doing. So, we're going to start off with a bit of um, male versus female, so we're going to go into some of the top female swimmers uh, and the top kind of male swimmers, but I think what we really want to get an insight from you into when we get to those is kind of the real races to watch and the real standout swims. I've got some that I've picked. I'm sure you have as well, Steve. Um, I think I'm slightly biased to some of the the bar swimmers, just because obviously that's who I spend most of my time with. But I think there's going to be some really, really great battles um, that are going to be coming in uh, in Sheffield next week. But first of all, um, let's start with the women. Let's start with kind of the real standout swimmers. Um, and maybe we can just kind of go through and chat about some races we're, we're looking forward to, to watching. And I think so Alex has done a breakdown of the top um, kind of uh, rankings for, for females in all their races. But for me personally, that two under three, that two and a three is really, really exciting. I think that's going to be a great one. And I'm not just saying that because I train with Freya Anderson, but I do think it's going to be a great one. And obviously, big implications for the relay as well. So the top five qualifiers for the two and a three are Freya Anderson, Abby Wood, Lucy Hope, um, Mia Slevin, and um, the fifth one is Harris. Medi Harris. Harris. Medi Harris. Oh, yeah, of course, Medi. Yeah, sorry, I actually know Medi quite well. Sorry, Medi. Um, Medi Harris, top five. So, yeah, what what are your take? Freestyle, female freestyle at the moment. Uh, Steve, what are you thinking heading into Sheffield? 
Uh, I'm really interested to see what Freya does. I think yep. um, she had a really good World Championships last year. You know, mm-hmm. so close to the podium, summer best time. Um, I'm really interested to see how she kicks on from there. Um, you know, she's she's opened up a bit about her mental health and everything in, in the interim. So hopefully, you know, if she's dealing with that a lot better, that will make a big difference for her. Um, so yeah, really excited to see that. Um, behind her, I think Abby's probably you know second favourite, if you like, for that mm-hmm. for that competition. But I'm someone you didn't mention, and I'm not sure if she's swimming. I'm just going to check. Uh, oh no, she's not. So I won't mention Freya Colbert because I thought she was she was uh, would be another person to watch, but she's actually not swimming that event. So don't don't look out mm-hmm. for her. But um, yeah, Lucy Hope's another one who's kind of bouncing back after a bit of a yeah. um, no, a bit of a down year for her last year. So hopefully she can get back to her best. And Medi's no, she's an interesting one because she's you no, know, we know her as a backstroker, but she's a pretty decent um, two hundred freestyler as well. I think she's had a really good time at Fort Lauderdale with a pro swim as well. So yes. you know, maybe she'll be up there as well. So I think they've got quite a tough job as a relay to make the qualif- qualifying time. Uh, and the women's four by two has always been a bit harshly done by, in my view, because I think I think the coaches are worried about stretching. No, Freya and Abby a bit thin mm. across all their other events. But um, yeah, it should be a good one. No, it should be a good one. I think you're right about the relays being stretched slightly thin. I feel like on on that, we just don't have the same kind of depth on women's 203 like we do on men's 203. And, you know, that was obvious at the Olympics. And I always say, you look at the Americans, you know, even the men's 203, they've just got like 10 guys that are going like 145, 146. You know, they have that real depth. And while we have it to an extent on the men's, I don't think we quite have it to the same level uh, on the women's. So that'll be interesting. Medi Harris, actually, her year last year is interesting because she was one of the few swimmers that uh, joined me for all three of Worlds, Commies and Euros. And because of her, um, she obviously did the 50 back, the 100 back, all the relay swims. She was the only one that did as many swims as I did, actually. So we both swam 32 races in that summer. Um, so I think that will have been a really great experience from her being um, slight, one of the slightly younger swimmers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what she does. Obviously training up in Swansea, I believe, um, over there with the Welsh team. So that's the um, freestyle. One thing I wanted to chat about, actually, and, and Alex, feel free to jump in with any other um, observations, but the, the IM... The IM races, the two and the four, we've got Abby Woods, who's obviously um, and notoriously really great 200 IM swimmer, but also has a decent 400. Freya Colbert, um, who, like I said, wasn't doing the two and the three, but I believe is stepping up onto some of the female IM swims and had a, quite a decent Edinburgh. She looked quite strong out there. Uh, and also, of course, a guest, a previous guest on the pod, Katie Shanahan. I think it's going to be uh, some, some pretty interesting races. Katie obviously had a great summer last year, meddling at Europeans and the Commonwealth Games, and has really proved herself as, as, a, as a real tough swimmer. Um, so I think those IMs are going to be a good one to watch out for as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we know how good Abby is. Um, it'd be great to see her, you know, back to her, her 2021 form um, in, in that event. Uh, Katie is someone who really excites me. You know, I think um, you know, she's she's a great IM swimmer, don't get me wrong. I think really you need to be watching her in the backstroke. Um, 200 back, uh, I can't remember where it was, Bucks, but I think she's had the best time. Yes. Um, 208, I think. Um and I think she's got loads more to drop in that event, you know, to the extent that I think maybe not at trials, but, but um, maybe Worlds, certainly maybe next year, we ought to be thinking about her breaking um, Gemma Spoffer's British record. So I think that's that got me really excited for, for her improvement, um, especially now she's um, you know, training in the, the centre at Stirling as well, seeing what that uh, yeah. new environment and everything can do for her. So, yeah, definitely watch Katie. No, I think I think that'll be really interesting. And, and Katie was... 
was one of the guests we had on earlier and, and, and speaking about that the training system they do up there in sterling you know so different things can do with the with the Anne Albrecht system so um yeah it'll be it'll be great to see um how she does and uh you know we're pretty good pals so it'd be, it'd be great to see her do well and just touching on those i am swimmers and Tom, you can probably uh, touch on this. Um, I know sometimes there's a lot of chat about the schedules in the game. So like when you're looking at Olympics and Worlds and, you know, if you're getting stretched over doing 200 IM, 400 IM and uh, maybe a freestyle, is that something you're thinking about this week? Or is it, you know, quite not an easy schedule to to navigate, Mm. but something that you're not too fussed about? Or are there any challenges in there for you? For me personally, I'm okay because I've so I've got 100 on 103 on the Thursday day three, uh, 2 a.m. Saturday two three Sunday. So I'm I'm not doubling up on any days, which is nice. Obviously, there's no relays to be taken into account. It was world champs, you know. I was swimming 13 times in six days, and you're looking at it's it's backing up the evening heats with the morning. Uh, so the evening finals with the with the morning heats the following day. If you had a real tough final and you're, you're having to you know do a caffeine protocol and then you're up early and you've got to hit it hard, but you know, there's an argument where the 2 a.m. final, you know, obviously I'm going to be doing my caffeine. I'm going to be, you know, trying really hard in that final. But the two free heat, because it's British champs, it's not world champs. You know, I can, I, uh, there's there's an argument that I can hold back maybe ever so slightly uh, more. I'm in a fortunate position where I'm going in as, as one of the faster qualifiers. Um, so I should be able to take it, not easy, but maybe slightly more controlled. I don't have to go all out in that morning. So, um that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. I don't think I don't know many people that are doubling up um, throughout the week. You know, I'm just thinking. I think everyone's events are are quite separate. I think you know, as soon as you take relays out of the equation, the whole program gets slightly easier. So um, I was speaking to Jimmy actually, uh, James Guy, just yesterday, and he said it's the first time he's only ever done two uh, events. He's just got the hundred fly and the two hundred free. Um, so it'll be slightly easier because normally he kicks off with that big four free at the start of the week. For me, it should be quite a decent schedule. Nice. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. No, yeah, I guess you made that point. No, no um, relays. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's something. And no, no semi-finals either this week. Which, and no semi-finals. Uh, a big difference for, for Tom and, and others doing the 200 and down. Mm, of True. course. Um, just just finally, I want to just touch on um, that 103, that 53. Obviously, Anna Hopkin, uh, Bella Hindley, who's now training under Mel Marshall at Loughborough. What are you thinking about the sprint freestyle, Steve? I think it could be an interesting one. <clears throat> yeah, I think... Um, Anna's terrific, so uh, really look forward to seeing her swim every time. Um, Bella will be interesting, you know. As you say, she's now training with them, um, training with Mel. I spoke to her before Christmas. She seemed to be uh, finding it all, you know, new and exciting and, and, and going well. And I think, yeah. I think she comes off a taper, you know, a bit more than perhaps some other swimmers. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates. Um, I think uh, it's it's interesting because I think British swimming have been looking to try and build. You know, we talked relays lots, but build that women's four by one because it has a lot of potential. And I think they've been looking to try and grow a group of, of, of female sprinters. So, so seeing what you know what that's delivering will be uh, will be interesting this week. Um, yeah. uh, you've got some young young swimmers, Eva Caro, his name that, that leaps out at me. We've got uh, Evie Davis um, as well, who you know another young young girl who went to Europeans last year. Uh, yeah. Europeans twenty one, sorry. Um, so yeah, there's some great potential there, and it'd be great to see how they. Are they moving forward this week? Yeah, Cara had a good swim out in America, I think, uh, on that on that hundred one one hundred six and hundred breast, I think, which is which is cracking. And obviously, um, Molly, no longer on the scene. Uh, I think, the I think we've uh, I think we've digressed. I meant Eva Cara from. Ah, um, uh, I'm thinking Cara Seven Oaks. <laughs> Apologies. Get the we're getting the wrong. It. We're getting a car. We're getting our cars mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> both no. cars. Well, like, we, let's let's hope both cars have a <laughs> have a great meet. Um, uh, anyway, so I did want to I did want to talk about the breaststroke. Then now, now you raise it though, because obviously you said yes. we lost we lost Sarah Vasey and uh, of course Sarah as well. 
Of course. Um, so there's a great opportunity there for somebody, you know, thinking medley relay, if nothing else. Yeah. Uh, Cara was great as, you know, Cara Hanlon was terrific Hanlon. at Bucks and in and, uh, Fort Lauderdale. And I think um, Imogen Clark is now moved up to focus on 100, having been a 50 specialist. And yes. Those two are going to have a good old battle. Because mm -hmm. they swim it so differently, it's going to have a good mm -hmm. old battle in the 100 metres. You know, mm -hmm. Imogen will go out fast and Cara will come yep. back strongly. And I think it's going to be uh, going to be a good one to watch that race. It will be. I always find the 100 is kind of two worlds colliding, especially when you have almost a 200 swimmer coming down and, and, and 50 specialists coming up. So it's kind of like the, myself and Lewis Boris on that 100 freestyle. You know, I, I'm, I'm a 200 guy coming down and, and the races are swum so differently and it's always decided in the last 25 metres. So it should be really, really exciting. I thought, the, I thought the women's backstroke would be interesting. We've got... Um, uh, that's terrible. Okay, uh, Casey. Kathleen, we've the, we've Kathleen, Kathleen Dawson, Dawson coming back from her back injury. Yeah, how could I forget course. her? She won an Olympic gold medal. Uh, <laughs> we've, got, we've got Kathleen Dawson coming back after her back injury. We've spoken about Medi Harris already, who, who kind of filled in for her and did extremely mm. well last year. Um, and, uh, and Lauren Cox, who was impressive and I think underrated a bit last year you know, with her performances. So uh, those three should put together a good show. I think the, it's another one with a fairly tough qualifying time, which we know Kathleen at, at top form can swim but but Medi's only just off it so I think those two uh, and Lauren will be a good race yeah yeah and and of course you know when you throw Katie Katie Shanahan mixed but then she's got quite a demanding schedule you know the two back and the forearm as well so it'll be interesting to see how she how she handles that but she she had a great summer as well so no I think yeah. that, that 100 will be really interesting I was chatting to Kathleen at the Edinburgh meet and you know considering everything she's gone through from an injury standpoint her back you know massive months of rehab Snapping her ACL, you know, out in Flagstaff um, training camp. It's just been a bit of a crazy ride for her. So I'm really, really um, glad to see her back in the water and racing. And yeah, hopefully we'll have a cracking, a cracking 100, uh, 100 backstroke for the females. Um, and well, that leads me quite nicely actually on to one of my races that I'm looking forward to most from the men's side. And like I said, I was going to be slightly biased um, because of the Bath guys that I train with. But just seeing the lads that I'm swimming with every day two races that I really, really can't wait to watch. And of course, for their relay implications as well. The men's 100 backstroke, which of course, Jono Adams, uh, Brody Williams, Cam Brooker, who I train with, um, Luke Greenbank, obviously. And then there's two other lads off the top of my head who have had some really cracking um, swims recently. And they are Johnny Marshall as well. Um, and um, Sam, Sam, Sam something. There was there was someone who did who did a cracking swim up in Edinburgh, a really quick hundred backstroke. But it's going to be a great race either way, uh, and it's going to be great to see all the Bath boys go head to head. So it's a hundred backstroke, and the other one that I was going to uh, talk about just quickly was the hundred butterfly, um, because of course I've got Jacob Peters, Ed Mildred, and James Guy, all of them in my uh, squad that I trained every day. You got Jamie Ingram coming up as well, who had a good Commonwealth Games and a good season last season. You know, they're all fine for that relay spot. So they're two races that I think are going to be great to watch. Uh, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on those, Steve. Uh, yeah, the backstrokes are a good one. I think what's what I'm kind of excited about is is the, the guys you mentioned, you know, the, the two Jonathans and, and Brody. You yep. know, they're, they're taking it to Luke a little bit. Luke's been a little bit out by himself. Um, I mean, I know he's more of a 200 swimmer, but Luke Greenbanks, you know, he's been out as our, our number 100 backstroker for a while. And I think just having a number of people who are all coming through together um, will really help kind of push that on. Um, you know, they can they can spur each other on and hopefully, 
you know that will push the times down because you know something that britain really could do with is a 5200 battery yeah oh 100 um, absolutely you know, we haven't had one since chris walker heaven and it would be mm -hmm. a terrific boost um yeah. if we had one so uh, yeah looking forward to that and then the 100 fly uh yeah jimmy obviously will, will start as the, the big favorite for that yep. um but again building the depth is the is the thing isn't it because you know you spoke to him about it on, on an earlier episode about the the mixed medley in in tokyo and having to to sit out his individual to make sure he can yeah. see the heat so just building that depth whether it's um uh you know whether it's jacob or whether it's ed mildred or or uh any you know um jamie or whoever having yeah. those other options for the relay if nothing else is is so important you know if someone's having a bad week or whatever you know it's really yep. great to have those so again hopefully those those guys can push themselves as a group forward and, and start putting some pressure on jimmy and uh, Steve, before we maybe touch on the the freestyle side of things, are there any other events or battles or or people that you're you're keeping an eye out on this this men's side of the well? I mean, I'm con contractually obliged to say that I'm really looking forward to the 200 freestyle. Um, <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I mean that is always a, a you know a show-stopping end to the championships. No, British Swimming put it at the end deliberately because it always always delivers. So that will be be terrific because you know. There'll be a great battle for the two qualification spots. There'll be a terrific battle for those who want to get on the four by two squad. So, you know, I'm expecting that to be to be fast and furious. Um, similarly, the hundred free. You know, we've got a load of guys coming through there. Um, you know, Tom will be swimming in that as well, of course. But um, you know, I'm really interested to see what um, what Matt Richards could do. I mean, he swam very fast at at, um, at the pro swim. He swam very fast short course tail end of last year. You know with his new program at Milford, so that's a, a really exciting one for me as well. Um, and yeah, I think those are the ones obviously always like to watch Duncan Scott swim, so mm. yeah, so and looking forward to him in his, in his 200 medley against Tom as well. There we go, so it's all of Tom's swim. So I'm oh, you're too kind, uh, <laughs> we'll get him out of the room. I was just going to say, do you, is uh, do you think anyone can get close to Ben Proud? Um, obviously, he's going in the, as he would be going the fifty-three and also the, the fifty-fly if he if he decides to go for both. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he had a terrific twelve months last year. Um, but you know, we he had he did so well at the championships. It's easy to forget that um, that Lewis Burrows beat him at British Championships last mm. year. So I think mm -hmm. that will be a great rivalry uh, renewed. Um, we've not seen much of Lewis this year. Obviously, he's in Australia. Um, a couple of low-key meets that he he swam over there. So uh, interesting to see what he brings back with him. But um, yeah, that head-to-head -head will be a good one as well because, uh, you know, Ben's quality and, and Lewis is very, very fast as well. I think he's probably, mm. you know, possibly as fast at swimming and his, uh, his mm. skills are just not quite where Ben's are. So we'll see how they go. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think those three free... And obviously I'm, I'm might be slightly biased, but I do think the three freestyle events are going to be really, really exciting. So touching on the 53, first of all, of course, Benny P., um, really really strong and like you said his skills absolutely incredible so um he's obviously based out in turkey but you know i was speaking to him recently he's done a bit of training out in hawaii he's been trying a few different training styles so it'd be great to see him uh, and see what he can go and do but like you said his skills are just untouchable one thing i found really interesting from the world short course was when he went against the cayman islands from a jordan crooks who obviously had a brilliant nc2a um event recently because his underwaters in terms of are really really special but then of course when we go back to long course you have to take that out of the equation so um just moving slightly past british champs to the world champs i think that's going to be a really really exciting head-to-head -head. but no the 50 will be good um 
and of course, as will the 100. And I'm just looking at the, the top five ranked um, for the for the 103. Obviously, Burris, um, who broke the British record last year at the World Champs, was, was really, really quick. And then it's myself, Jacob Whittle, Duncan Scott, Ed Mildred, Matt Richards. I think, you know, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that four by one's going to be really exciting if, if we can really kind of get that depth heading into Paris. Um, and it almost feels like it's a few years behind the four by two, but just starting to go on that same progression upwards. Uh, I don't know what you think about that relay, but I think it could be a good one. I think the potential is unbelievably exciting. Mm. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you talk about, I mean, the four, the four fastest 100 freestylers Britain's ever had are all swimming now. Um, yeah, yeah. You look at people's best ever um, relay splits and you've got, you know, two people who split 46, two people who split 47 mid, you know, and that's Britain's never had that, and, and they're also yeah. now, and then that's and that's even without you know taking account of Lewis forty seven six off a flat start, no yeah. British records. So if it, all these things rely on on you know people all firing at the same time on the same day, but there's depth there as well because you know you've got you mentioned you've got you know people coming up like um, like Ed, you know Matt's not one of the fastest four hundred freestylers in Britain, you know, at the moment, but he's got one of the fastest splits. So, you know, you're getting, you know, a group of blokes who can all swim fast. So uh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. very, very exciting. No, I think, I think it's going to be really, really good. And I think um, there's an argument for how Bill and Chris decide to run the relays at these major competitions, whereby it's, you know, we're starting to have the depth, so maybe they can be slightly less risk averse. I think there's an argument for that, um, you know, because one thing I um, struggled with slightly was having to swim the heat of the four by two the evening after winning the Olympics that uh, individually on the two and the three out in Tokyo. Uh, and similarly at the world championship swing, a lot of heat, obviously we didn't have Duncan, we didn't have, um, you know, for, for some of the freestyle uh, uh, events and we had slightly less depth, but, I think British swimming always uh, slightly on the side of caution um, when it comes to trying out other swimmers. And, you know, I know they've been burnt in the past from a few events, but um, hopefully with the depth we have coming through, um, they'll be, they'll, they'll, they'll take a slightly different um, course of action. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, from that standpoint. And um, just to finish, I'll go back to that two under three. Uh, I'll finish as the last race to talk about because it's the last race of um the schedule i think it's gonna be a great one and it will be great to see like you said matt has had a really great uh, year so far um that move to millfield is clearly working for him and he must be enjoying it down there 147 out in america and a 48.4 i believe on the 103 so he's no he's on good form it's always interesting to see how different people do in a taper and how they deal with a taper and how the age and their build and their physicality and their physiology really affects that but yeah i think that two three is going to be so exciting like you said everyone wants to slice that four by two you know it always looks that way um it was myself jimmy and, and duncan up on the podium last year um, like it has been, you know, for a little bit of a while. But you know, we've even got Jack McMillan now. He's he's part yeah. of British Swimming. He's made that move over from Ireland, and he's up in Sterling, training with Duncan. So um, for me personally, that'll be the race I want to watch the most. Unfortunately, you know, um, hopefully I'll be in the water while it's going on. But um, I think it's going to be a, a really, really exciting one. Yeah, 100% agreed. I'm really excited to see what Jack does. Actually, I hear a lot of good mm. things about him on the grapevine. So uh, yeah, be be great for British Swimming fans to see him a bit more, you know, up close, as as it were. I just wanted to come in there because we've spoken a lot about um, the, the athletes at the top of their game. But one thing that is a huge part of these championships and having followed you for a number of years, Tom, being there 
myself seeing you in sort of some of the younger finals and also the B finals. How important is it having those kind of future finals and also the B finals in terms of developing that that future talent? I, I think the junior finals are really, really important just for swimmers to get a taste of being in that arena and being in that kind of performance environment. When I was 16, uh, I went up to the trials in Glasgow. So they would have been the Rio trials. And I swam the, with the junior final, I think on the 4am. Uh, and it was that was still an Olympic trials though. And you still have the energy that surrounds an Olympic trials and still get... Um, the the kind of even though you're not even in the final you do kind of feel the, the slightly different um, pressure in the atmosphere um, you know around an event like that and also you get to experience you know they have the qualifying I remember at that meet they had the qualifying times up on the scoreboard and you see people whether people hit the qualifying time whether they hit the consideration time you know you saw the emotions I think my um, my older sister Connie was swimming in the 200 IM junior or target Tokyo final I forget and um, right after it was the um, senior females 200 round final. And I've seen the video and my coach and myself were standing right next to David Nolte, who was going to watch Siobhan swim the 200 round and obviously go on to medal uh, a Rio later that year. And it's, you know, we're in that environment and, you know, you're surrounded by um, these, these swimmers who are trying to book their tickets to these major events. So I think there's a, there's a real argument for, for having um, a select number of these, these junior and younger swimmers um, experience this kind of atmosphere uh, and and give them a little bit of a taste of what a, a true qualification meet uh, feels like and steve you must you have have your eye on those as well yeah absolutely i think tom's tom's hit the nail on the head really about getting getting opportunity to swim a heat and then come back and swim a final in a you know in a big atmosphere but also um you know those guys will be going for for the junior teams as well because they don't forget the european junior world junior european under 23 teams also get picked from this meet so it's their opportunity to put their name forward for those squads as well so yeah really important absolutely well look steve that's really really exciting and the insight i think people will really really appreciate so thank you very much i feel like we could just sit and talk swimming for hours but we will have to unfortunately wrap there um hopefully we can get you back on the pod and we can kind of go some real in-depth analysis who knows maybe the, 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 the post review yeah. episode it'd be really exciting but one more question are you going to be up in Ponds Forge yourself for the week? I'm not, unfortunately, because it's over Easter. I'm away. I'm stuck on the live awesome. stream. <laughs> All right, good <laughs> stuff. Well, we'll have to make sure that at the next meet, we'll uh, have a catch up and we can grab a Definitely. coffee or something like that. But look, Steve, thank you so much for that. Really exciting. And it's such an incredible insight. Yeah, thanks, Pleasure. Steve. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Well, that was absolutely brilliant. You know, I think such a great insight from Steve there from Pool Boy. So thank you very much uh, for him for coming along. I mean, I love... I love geeking out on this stuff. I just love getting into the depth. And I could tell, um, obviously, you've got pretty good swimming knowledge compared to the It's general. getting better. It's, yeah, it's definitely getting better. It's, it's definitely getting better. Um, but no, he's, he's yeah, top tier when it comes to that kind I've, of stuff. So I've got to say that was poetry emotion watching you, you, t- you guys stuff. go at it. And, uh, and Steve's knowledge of across all of the events and obviously the, mm. the analysis he does, but also the... The, the number of years he's been he's been following the sport and, and yeah. you know he can he can jump back to say like the sydney olympics and say how, yeah. how things were there which is just such a such a handy thing to have it was cool such a such a thing to add it was really really cool so that's a great great review i'd say heading into british champs next uh week and our first in our installment of three for the british champs special episodes now the next one as people know will be recorded by alex himself on poolside at the event Sunday night, two and a three under the lights. It's going to be an exciting one. Unfortunately, I won't be able to 
record too much it's content lacking. because I'll be um, racing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it should be good. It should be a lot of fun. So we've got a few ideas of the kind of stuff we want to record and the kind of content we want to capture. Maybe a few fun games we're going to play as well. But if anyone's got any last minute suggestions of the kind of stuff you want to see from the British champs, um, from the ground, you know, on the front line, do let us know. So I think we know. can get some pretty cool stuff. And when, when does your racing actually actually begin? Because obviously this is going to drop Wednesday in 6am. Um, mm. uh, how, will, how will champs be looking at I'm thinking, point? do we even drop Tuesday 6am for this one? You know, I know this, it's a bit this radical. Is quite a, this is quite a big conversation to be having. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we probably shouldn't be having this conversation. crying. But um, <laughs> we might have to, just because, you know, we've chatted about like men's backstroke and stuff yeah. like that, women's two free. No, I and think our you're predictions, right, mate. They're both on day one on the Tuesday. Oh, gosh, so this, is, this is going to be tough. I don't mean to throw a span and works white for Copenhagen. Uh, <laughs> but so much going on. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get us to go and watch a football game. That's hard enough. And now you're doing this. At the game, half time, just doing some editing. No, I think, Sorry, that's, Anna. I think, that's, a, I think that's a really good point. That's Anna, friend of yeah. the podcast. I know, good, great friend of the pod. Great friend um, of the pod. Great She's actually done a voiceover. Um, and yeah... <laughs> Just before we get to that, something else I've been working on is um, potentially there's going to be a fantasy Brit Champs swimming podcast league um, that us here, hopefully Propulsion and also Pool Boy might be getting behind. So that's just yeah. a fun. I, I mean, they do it. It's quite famous for football and also in the States where picking a swimmer each race, you get one person. Uh, there are various points going on. So we, we might try that and you just try and get a few people involved and, I guess just spread awareness across all of the races, which could be good fun. If someone gets a clean sheet, like I guess every you could do like an acker. If, so, if like, someone gets a red card. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine someone's about to get a clean sheet and then someone gets deep for like a one-handed touch or something at the last well, minute. Well, D, there are DQs. Um, I haven't put anything about violent behavior, but I guess violent behavior is a DQ. But if it's like a, a three championship suspension, it might have to be a heftier. Can you imagine points. Can you imagine put a 50p ACA on every single race at British Champs. And then... <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a responsible thing to talk about, but can you bet on swimming? Uh, I think you can bet on swimming at the majors uh, because mm. if I'm not mistaken, I believe a great friend of the pod, Kai from El Brennan, put 50 quid on me to win the 200 free style at the Olympics and walked wow. home because of the five to one odds uh, with a little bit of pocket money in his in his back pocket. So next, um... time, next day we saw him, he was in a in a Range Rover sport. <laughs> He was very happy with my swim early. That's good stuff from you. That's good stuff. So no, do go check out the fantasy league that we're working on. Or sorry, rather, Alex is working on. uh, And of course, keep the suggestions and the ideas coming in because we've got a really, really special, a unique episode. um, Next one. And yeah, I just think it's so funny that we're, that we're in the media zone. We've got a media pass for the British champs. Uh, And hopefully this will be the start of many. And if anyone brings a flag with a badger on to the Sunday evening session, then... I'm done. I'm done. You can you can get any you can bit come of on the podcast. Kit. You, you can, can come on the podcast. podcast. You any, get any flag bit of sign to do with the want. podcast. You're on the podcast. 100%. I mean, you can have you can be you can be co-host. I'm done. Literally, <laughs> I'm done. You will take Alex's job <laughs> if I make you it back to, to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Awesome, mate. Well, look, I'll chat to you. Um, over the next week of course but the next time we will record <laughs> will be the final of my 200 free which is a bit crazy to say Good stuff um, yeah. so it seems to have come around really quickly but that was a brilliant episode so thank you yeah no, thank thank you to steve again for his his time um 
because he's a busy man. And um, he is. finally, publicly, good luck for the week, mate. Um, Thank you, mate. We're all going to get behind you and um, just have some fun out there. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And we will speak to you soon. Bye.